All right, Rabotai. Uh, it's that time of the day. 10.15, where we uh, discuss primarily halakhic issues. And we try to come with clarity. I'd like to take uh, today only because a lot of our members are talking about it. Nobody really asked me my opinion. But uh, they're talking about the current events. And these are very, very uh, unique current events of the, uh, of the helter-skelter that's going on in the world and in, in our cities with the rioting and the looting and the, the criminal behavior and the stealing and the abuse. Uh, you know, this is uh, what the Mishnah says, you know, all the Nizikim and all the Mazikim are coming out. And uh, the fear that the people have with all this... Uh, you know, mobs and thugs that are coming out of the woodworks and you see everything on the, on the videos, you know, breaking Beresh Gele in the wide open. And uh, you don't hear too much criticism from the leaders, from the political movement. You know, they uh, are placating. You see everybody kneeling down. Everybody's kneeling all of a sudden. Everybody became uh, religious now. They're kneeling to what? To the to the pressure of the of the of the of the thugs and all this uh, behavior. So they're asking the rabbi's opinion on uh, on the events. We look at it from a Torah perspective. I know this is not a perspective hour. This is a lachik hour, but I'll take the advantage to give perspective this morning. This is a question, however, one of our members asked me yesterday. So I will deal with it immediately. The question they asked me yesterday was, when is Mashiach coming? So I am going to answer that question this morning, Rabotai, in the time that I've been allotted. Uh, some of you are saying, what do you mean? I could ask you a question like that, and you could give an answer to it? Yeah, I'll give you an answer to it. When Mashiach is coming? You should have answered to me two weeks ago. I would have given it two weeks ago. You asked me yesterday, I'll give it to you today. It's actually a Gemara. The Gemara is in Sanhedrin, on Daf Tzaditet, page 99. On top, top of the page, top of the Amud. The Hainu de Amar Lehahumina Lerabi Abahu. There was a certain mean. Mean is a, a non believer, an atheist, a Picoros. So he tells Rabbi Abahu, Ematai Atem Mashiach. He told him, Rabbi, when's Mashiach coming? He said that when darkness is going to cover people like you. You're cursing me, Rabbi? The Pasuk says, 
when the darkness sets into the land, and when the clouds come in to the nations, then the light of God will shine on the Jewish people and His glory will be manifest. What is the explanation of this Gemara? What is the goy care when Mashiach is coming? He's mean anyway. He's a, he's a, he doesn't believe in Mashiach. So what does he care when Mashiach is coming? And what does the rabbi answer? With this answer, when, when, when darkness falls upon people like you, and he quotes a pasuk in Yeshayah. I'd like to explain this Gemara based on a hidush that was said by the great rabbi called Meshech Chokmah. Meshech Chokmah was a rabbi called Meir Simha Kohen. Meir Simha Kohen, Medvinsk. And he wrote a a masterpiece of a perush on Hamisha Amshet Torah. I recommend it to all our members to get a copy of the Meshach Chokmah on Hamisha Amshet Torah. You'll see over there there's tremendous ideas and hashkafa and Jewish ideology that are, you know, uh, written on those holy pages. What I'm quoting you now comes from what he said in Parashat Aharemot. Over there he introduces to us a concept of what is a tzaddik? What is a tzaddik? What makes a person tzaddik? So again, like a Tamir he says it depends. He says there's two types of tzaddikim. One he refers to as the tzaddik muhlat. And one he refers to as the tzaddik amitztaref. What does he mean? Tzaddik Muhlat would be what I would refer to as an inherent tzaddik. A tzaddik on his own merit. A tzaddik according to all standards. He measures up to the gold standard of what a tzaddik is supposed to be. He is a, a real and absolute tzaddik. Tzaddik Muhlat. Example of that would be Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. These are real, pure tzaddikim by definition. Tzaddik muhlat. But his hadush is that he introduces another type of a tzaddik. I didn't know it existed. The other type of tzaddik he refers to as a tzaddik amitztaref. What is a tzaddik amitztaref? You remember when you learned in science, they told you about the theory of relativity? Albert Einstein, theory of relativity? Now I'm going to tell you the Meshach Chokmah's theory of relativity. He says there's what's called the relative tzaddik. That even though himself might not be perfect, but compared to the society around him, he's considered a tzaddik. Now, sometimes the society makes the person look better than he is. You say, listen, I might not be good, but compared to everybody else, so therefore that's called Sadiq, not on his merit, but on the demerit of everybody else, he becomes all of a sudden, you know, elevated, and he, he shines a little brighter. It's called the Sadiq Amitzarev. Anybody have a, 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 a proof from Tanakh? You know, you're... you're any, uh, That's exactly right. Noah is called Sadiqa Mitzaref. Noah is Sadiq Bedorotav. 
in his generation. I mean, the generation of Noah was so corrupt, and Noah is considered, uh, you know, uh, greater. That's true. And he goes on to, uh, uh, to develop that principle of Sadiqa Mitzarif. Very, very, very big yesod. I once saw a beautiful explanation based on this from the Ben Ishai, Ben Yosef Haimi Baghdad. It was a dirashah that he gave in Baghdad before Yom Kippur. And he was talking about the korbanot that we bring on the holiday of Sukkot. You know, on Sukkot we bring Shiv'im Parim, 70 bulls. And the question is, what are you bringing 70? 70 is a lot of bulls to bring. And the Gemara says, it's Keneged, the 70 nations of the world. Shiv'im Umot. What do you have to bring one animal per nation? The Gemara says, it is from these Kurbanot that the nations have Beracha. To the extent the Gemara says that if the Goyim would know how much benefit they got from the Beit HaMikdash, from those Kurbanot, they would not have burnt the Beit HaMikdash. They would have, uh, they would have put guards outside the temple to protect it. Because they're benefiting. The Banish High says, why would we bring 70 parim to protect the Goyim? It's not the United Nations over here, it's the Beit HaMikdash. On the last day of Sukkot, which is Shemini Atzeret, we bring parehad. Parehad. One par. 70 parim and one par. And that one par is corresponding, of course, us. Says the Ben Ishai, we just came out of Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, the judgment is, if you're a tzaddik, you get life. If you're a rasha, you put in the other book. And we're worried that maybe on Yom Kippur they judged us as a Sadiq Muhlat. And if we're a Sadiq Muhlat, nobody's going to come out with a good judgment. If they're going to judge us as the absolute inherent Sadiq, we might not come out with a good judgment. So come Sukkot and we come and we make an appeal. And we tell Borei Olam, look at the 70 and look at the 1. Compare us, give us a relative judgment. On Sukkot, we're trying to tell Borei Olam, don't look at us inherently, look at us comparatively, look at us against the rest of the nations. There's 70, there's one. If you look at it like that, oh, we're much better, we're much better. We look, you know, their, their ills make us look much better. That's the sword of the Shiv'im Parim and the Par'ehad that we bring on Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret. That's the case of Botai. I'd like to explain to you now a Gemara in Yoma, page 54. The Gemara there relates the story that happened on the day that they destroyed the Beta Mikdash. It says, When the Goyim entered the Echal, Ra'u Kiruvim Me'urim Zebaze. What does this mean? Remember, gentlemen, 
in the Bet HaMikdash, you had the Aron Kodesh. On top of the Aron, you had the uh, Kaporet. And over the Kaporet, you had the cherubs, the Kiruvim. These Kiruvim were not only these gold figurines, but they were actually indicators. They would indicate the relationship that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was having in real time with Klai Yisrael. For example, if you would go into the Kodesh Kodashim and see the Kiruvim facing each other, that would indicate that Borei Olam's relationship is Panim, Keneged Panim, that God is facing us, which is a good sign. Sometimes you would go into the Kodesh Kodashim and you would see the Kiruvim are back to back. That would indicate that the relationship is strained, that Kadosh Baruch Hu is turning his back, turning his face from us. Miracle, they would move, uh, you know, as, as, as needed. So it's almost like a sensor. There was a built-in sensor in the Kodesh Kodeshim that would already let us know the, uh, the feelings that are going on between God and Klai Yisrael, the attitude. Rabotai, on the day that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, it's fair to assume that if you would go into the Kodesh Kodashim, the position of the Kiruvim would be back to back. I would even add, they probably should have snapped off. Because God was so angry, he allowed the Goim to destroy the Beit HaMikdash. And what happens? They come into the Echal, and what do they see? Not only weren't they back to back, not only weren't they face to face, they were hugging each other. bazu, And we're asking what? Were the Kiruvim malfunctioning? On the day that God was so angry, they were hugging each other, which would indicate a tremendous amount of affection and love at that time. At the time of the Hurban, it's almost as if maybe uh, the Kiruvim were malfunctioning, they weren't working. Maybe the sensor was, uh, was broken. Comes the great rabbi called the Sansa Rabbi, the rabbi from Sans. He says a beautiful explanation. He says, yes, indeed. On the day that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the Kiruvim actually were back to back like they should have been on a day of anger. But what happened? Listen to the language of the Gemara. When the Nochrim entered the Hechal, that activated the relative Sadiq concept. When God saw the terrorists come into the Beit HaMikdash, into the Kodesh, Kishinichnesu, Borei says, the Jews might not be perfect, but against these guys, against now saw them and us. And when there was a comparative judgment made at that point, the Kiruvim turned their position and started to hug each other. As bad as we were at that time, but already it made us look that Sadiqa Mitzaref kicked in, like the Meshachokma said. And therefore, Borei Olam showed us a tremendous amount of ahava. Davka kishinichnesu. Before they were nichnas, we were judged on our own merit. And if you judge on your own merit, it was a time of anger. 
But when the Goyim came in and we saw them, look what they're doing to the temple. They were destroying it. They were looting it. They were ransacking it. They were burning it down. They were killing the Kohanim, blood-thirsty uh, uh, people without any mercy, children. But Olam says, against this, I love the Jewish people. As imperfect as they may be, I love the Jewish people. If that's the case, Rabotai, I'd like to go back to this Gemara that we quoted and uh, before I go back to the Gemara, I'd like to tell you what the uh, rabbi called the Al-Sheikh said. Rabbi Moshe Al-Sheikh. He said a beautiful derash on a pasuk in Devarim. Perik Yud, pasuk Tedvav. So the pasuk says like this, Rak ba'avotecha, Hashak Adonai le'ahava otam. Vayivhar bezar'am ha'harehem b'chem mikol amin k'ayom hazeh. So the pasuk is simply saying, God chose your fathers. And he loved them. Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. Avotecha. And he chose their children. That's us. From all the nations of the world. Says the Al-Sheikh, read the pasuk like this. Rak ba'avotecha, when it came to the fathers of Ram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, hashak Adonai le'ahava otam. God loved them for them. Because they were tzaddikim muhlatim. God loved Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov because they were intrinsic. Hashak Adonai le'ahava otam. However, when it came to the children, which is us, vayivhar bezar'am aharem, and he chose the children we're chosen based on all the nations of the world against the nations of Avram didn't have to be chosen against the nations of the world he's the standard of what a tzaddik is on all levels but when it comes to the other uh, the children so already we need the amim to make us uh, to make us look better than we are based on this Rabotai I'd like to go back to the Gemara that I began today's talk with. Amar The mean tells Rabbi Abahu, When is Mashiach coming? What was he asking? This would be called a sarcastic question or a cynical question. He wasn't asking for a date. He doesn't care when Mashiach comes. He's a mean. He basically was saying, or we would say today, a rhetorical question. As if to say, when is he coming? He's not coming. That's what he means to say. He's not coming. When is he coming? Because the Jewish people, if he's going to come on merit, the Jewish people don't have merit. They don't have merit. There's no tzaddikim here. So you're going to wait. There were earlier generations. Today's generation is not as good as the previous. He's not coming. Is the basically the mean saying the Jews are not going to merit a level of righteousness to earn. Basically, what the mean was saying, you don't have any tzaddikim muhlatim. And to that, Rabbi Abahu opened the eyes of the mean. And he said, That's what you don't know. That's your mistake. He said, You know when he's going to come? 
He's going to come. Lechihafelu hashoka lehanu inche. That when the world gets filled with darkness, then already Klal Yisrael is going to have a redemption because against the darkness that is going to fill the world, that darkness doesn't mean a physical darkness. It means the world is going to sink into an abyss of lawlessness. Of 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 of, of 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 immorality, of 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 helter skelter, of bedlam, like we're seeing today. Tov avohu, vehoshich al penetehom, the darkness that you see on the landscape of the country, where people are just doing whatever they want in broad daylight. They're robbing and looting and stealing, and the people that are spectating are cheering them on and saying they're right and this is the way it should be. Shema Israel, And the leaders are coming along and saying, yes, they're kneeling to them, yes. And over here, the rabbi comes along and says, the world is going to fall into that hoshech, but guess what the prophet said? There's going to come a time when the hoshech, the darkness is going to cover the earth. Arafel means cloud, the thick cloud. The judgment of the leaders are going to be clouded. There's going to be arafel. There's not going to be moral clarity. You're going to scratch your head and you say, what do you mean? De- defund the police? How can you defund the police? I could never know. What are they talking about? You're going to, how could a person become so clouded? And that's what's going to happen. It's going to be arafel. It's almost as if there's going to be a thick, dense fog that's going to come down and it's going to clog and, 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 and affect the judgment and impair the judgment of everybody. And the, and the rational people can say, what are these people talking about? How, how can this make any sense? The prophet said, But guess what's going to happen at that time? They are actually activating the Mashiach for us. Because they're making us look much better than we really are. And at that point it says, All of a sudden, the darkness of the nations of the world is going to shine light on Klai Yisrael. And his glory now will be on us. So therefore, whenever you see the world sink into Hoshech and Arafel, you have to know that it might be a time of mercy for Klai Yisrael, where now already, Borei Olam says, listen, they might not be a perfect nation, but <laughs> if you're going to look at what else is going on in the world, they're clearly not this. And therefore, you know, it's the best we got. And therefore, Borei Olam says, so you ask me, when is Mashiach coming? Yeah, when you see Hoshik and Arafel. So you might, you might as, as practical advice, you might want to pack your bags, because Hoshik and Arafel definitely is descending down on the planet. So you might just want to, uh, you know, maybe press your uh, Mashiach suit and get out your white tie uh, in order to be able to uh, uh, greet the Mashiach, and I will conclude. Uh, I don't want to have shalom uh, lower the standard of our members. Uh, I don't think it's. Uh, 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 um, I don't think it should be a goal of any of our members to strive to be a relative sadiq. You know, I think we have to strive to be sadiq muhlat. 
you know, tzaddik mitzanef uh, is like b'di'avad. You know, if, if, if you don't reach the level of tzaddik muhlad, uh, uh, okay, then we say, okay, b'di'avad, uh, you have a, you know, but nobody should go in to say, okay, I'm going to be Noah. You know, we shouldn't go into it trying to uh, be compared to everybody else. I don't want to be compared, I want to be a tzaddik. Although even Noah, according to many of the tzaddikim, said he was a muhlat as well. My point is that we shouldn't go into saying, well, you know what? Theory of relativity. Everybody stinks, I'm great, therefore I'm happy. No, because then already you're not going to strive for higher levels. We have to strive to be Sadiq Muhlat. If we fall from the standard, we have a, an emergency plan that's called the Tzadik HaMitztaref. Uh, with this, we once explained the tefillah that the Kohen Gadol makes when he comes out of the Kodesh Kodashim on Yom Kippur. That's a beautiful tefillah that he makes. I'm going to let you know this tefillah now. He says, Shelo yitzdarchu amecha Yisrael zelazeh velo le'am aher. Basically the tefillah is that we should be independent. We shouldn't need the favors of the Goyim. In, in the simple interpretation, it means we shouldn't need their money. We shouldn't have to rely on the banks to give us mortgages. We shouldn't have to rely on the credit cards to give us uh, credit. We shouldn't have to go to the uh, money lenders in order to support ourselves. We shouldn't need it. We should be self-sufficient. That's the simple explanation. But based on what we're saying today, the Kohen Gadol was praying, we shouldn't need another nation to make us look good. We shouldn't have to rely on Amaher that we're gonna that we're gonna shine. We, we shouldn't rely on the Hoshik and the Arafel of Leumim for the Alayik Israel Hashem. We have to rely on our own merit. We shouldn't be uh, meritorious because of the demerit of the Goyim. We should Zokher on our own and our own standard and our intrinsic and absolute value. So, Rabotai, I think that answers the question of our member that wanted to know when Mashiach is coming. That's the clearest answer that we can give based on the uh, Talmud. And we also have a hashkafic understanding of, you know, even though we see the world, you know, decaying, and the world is um, it's perishing, very perishable, in front of our own eyes, but look at Am Yisrael, I'm Israel sitting and praying, and we're, what, what, what are we craving for? We're craving to go to the Batikinisiyot again. We're craving to learn again with our rabbis. We're craving to give tzedakah to help the people that are having a hard time. Adrabah, we're going, we're giving when the rest of the world is taking. The rest of the world is saying, give me or I will damage. And we're coming along and we're giving and we're giving and we're giving. So you see over here, Rabotai, there's a great moment of uh, comparative judgment that takes place at these times through the Hoshech and the Arafel. And Bezat Hashem, I pray that we should be Zocher to this merciful judgment. And then Bezat Hashem, Bore Olam, will redeem us. And will send us ultimately the redemption. Berachamim velo bedin, in mercy and not in judgment. Hashtab uh, agala, now and speedily. In our time, a man can you hear that song?